You know the old cliche, a picture is worth a... You can preach the rest of the sermon if you'd like. Actually, I don't agree with that, at least not all the time. Not all pictures are worth a thousand words. In fact, some pictures are only worth a few words. That's awful. Pictures can be cheap or pictures can be invaluable. It's so easy to share pictures these days with flash drives, emails, texts, and airdrop. And there's also social media, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and all the others. The drawback comes when you take a bad picture and someone has or someone has closed their eyes, and you share those pictures, then there are lots of bad pictures out there. Today we are here to look at pictures of the soul. In Joyce Carol Oates' play, The Perfectionist, comes this one line. A photographer speaks of primitive peoples being afraid of the camera stealing their souls while contemporary young people let her photograph them because they hope the camera will give them souls. Perhaps one of the reasons many people today aren't even sure about their souls and whether or not they really have one is because the term is not used nearly as frequently as it used to be. Now, I suspect for most of us listening this morning, The soul does carry meaning as a pointer to the dimension of depth in human existence that other words convey with less clarity. In the last 50 to 60 years, most people have tended to talk of the self rather than the soul. In some ways, this is good because it avoids a mind-body or soul-body split. In our Judeo-Christian heritage, we are one complete whole. We are not separate parts, but always one integrated whole. And so the self captures that in a good way. But with the diminishment of soul talk, of soul language, has come a diminishment of awareness of the divine dimension within us. It's kind of like the two guys who were putting out to sea on a ship, one of whom had very little experience out on the water. And as they were heading out, he said, that's the most water I ever saw. And his buddy responded, you ain't seen nothing yet. You've just been looking at the top of it. When it comes to the soul, you can't see it. Art helps us to look more deeply into the soul. And throughout this winter sermon series, we are utilizing different expressions of the arts to help us explore the sacred arts of life, which provide ways of living life as an art such that it is an expression of the sacredness of life within. 
the great and small things and experiences of life can and very often do express the sacred. A picture is worth a thousand words when it focuses on beauty, depth, mystery, and even pain. During Advent, we explored the theme, Looking for Christmas, as we considered different angles and perspectives and ways to look at the age-old story and new and compelling ways. And now, following Christmas and Epiphany, we are using different expressions of the arts to give us insight into the nature and purpose of our life's unfolding as a result of all that. Worship. When we come to worship, we bring our whole self. We're not perfect, but we come with all of who we are and all of what we have. We come as people with a soul. Worship and the arts are very important. I hope, actually, that this series might launch us as a congregation into considering how we can use the arts more in our life of faith together in our community, the visual arts and all the different expressions of the arts, but we'll get to that later. You all remember Narcissus, right? Narcissus looked in the water and saw a reflection of himself and was so enamored he just couldn't stop looking at himself. And when he did that, he could no longer care for his soul in any real and meaningful way. Here's Charlie Brown speaking to Lucy as she's looking at herself in a mirror. Charlie Brown says, And besides, never forget that beauty is only skin deep. And Lucy snaps back, I deny that. My beauty is not only on the surface, it goes down deep, layer after layer after layer. Yes, sir, she says, looking in the mirror, I have very thick beauty. Pictures of the soul. What are they? As I said earlier, the term soul conveys as clearly as anything the deep downness of ourselves and the divine dimension within. And yet, when pressed to talk about it, we often find ourselves at a loss for words. If you had to tell somebody about your soul, you'd struggle. That's precisely when pictures or better images can be terribly helpful. So here are some pictures of the soul, and you can imagine them in your mind's eye. And think of some others as well. Narcissus would certainly be one because some souls are highly narcissistic. And yet, with having some concern for the self, where would we be? And what about the clown? The questioner? The smiling soul? The sad soul? As personified in drama over the centuries with the two masks, the smiling mask and the frowning mask, as are on your bulletin cover. Then there's the stormy, 
difficult, struggling soul, the depressed soul, the dark night of the soul image. A soul reigning on the inside. A soul pictured as a void. Kind of like a hole in the soul. There's the hot and angry soul. The seething soul. The hurting and gnarled up soul. The numb soul. And there's the tempted soul. The tormented soul. And the peaceful soul. And the joyful soul. The soul can even be pictured as a bird with wings of uplift. Friends, this may sound funny, but I care about your souls. Because God cares about your soul. To understand a bit more about the pictures of our soul, let's turn to our scripture lessons for this morning. Listen to just a few verses of the text from Job, which reflect the tone of the entire passage and more importantly give us a picture of Job's soul. And now my soul is poured out within me. Days of affliction have taken hold of me. The night racks my bones and the pain that gnaws me takes no rest. And when I waited for light, darkness came. My inward parts are in turmoil and are never still. Days of affliction come to meet me. My lyre is turned to mourning and my pipe to the voice of those who weep. Wow. Does that paint a picture of a soul that is depressed? Now, Job had everything in his life that he valued and cared for stripped away from him. He knew the dark night of the soul. He experienced mega losses. My soul is poured out within me, he wrote. And what about us? What about us? Haven't there been times when we, like Job, have felt complete darkness in our souls? If you've ever struggled around in the house when the power's gone out at night, trying to find your way, trying to find a light switch that won't even work when you flip it, just shift that image to your soul. Haven't you been there too? Sorrow, loss, and despair feel so much like darkness that artists often use dark colors to paint the most troubling and difficult pictures of the soul. Here's how the bell of Amherst, Emily Dickinson, put it. I walked a mile with pleasure. She chatted all the way, but left me none the wiser for all she had to say. I walked a mile with sorrow, and never a word said she. But oh, the things I learned from her when sorrow walked with me. The soul can't be seen, 
But like a well that runs deep in the ground, it can be the source of life and nurturing. When a well is tapped regularly, it replenishes itself by the flowing of water deep down under the surface. But when a well is not used for a long period of time, it can run dry. So too with our soul. The soul is a place for reflection and wonderment. It's a place to go when things go wrong and when things go right. In his book, The Prophet, Cahil Gibran writes, Then a woman said, Speak to us of joy and sorrow. And he answered, Your joy is your sorrow unmasked. And the selfsame well from which your laughter arises was oft times filled with your tears. In that same passage about joy and sorrow, Gibran writes, When you are sorrowful, look again into your heart. And you shall see that in truth, you are weeping for that which has been your delight. The soul is that which integrates us and helps pull us together. And it is that place where our most unsettling and unanswerable questions are struggled with. When I am depressed, I have discovered that God is usually preparing me for something else. I don't like it at the time, but growth almost surely follows. I have come to appreciate the darkness of storm clouds because they bring forth the atmosphere necessary for the earth's beautiful growth. The soul is nurtured by both pain and beauty. But it can only be nurtured when we are open to its deepest truths and expressions. We have to be in touch with our souls. So often it's ourselves that get in the way. Reflecting on and being in awe of the sacredness of life is what the soul does best, if we let it. Mother Teresa once observed, My soul is like a mirror in which the glory of God is reflected. But sin, however insignificant, covers the mirror with smoke. How many times has my soul been covered with smoke? More times than I would probably care to admit. Sometimes because of our own doing and sometimes because of what life throws at us, the picture of our own soul feels void. Void of feeling and void of light. Even the clown cries on the inside. But darkness, despair, temptation, and void are not the final outcome. Job eventually sings God's praises. We have to read the whole story to see that. And try to imagine the picture of Jesus 
soul. As he faced the many challenges of his ministry, as he faced his impending death, and then as he was raised beyond the tomb. Now we can't see the soul of Christ, nor can we even see our own soul. But art and images help us to look more deeply into the soul. In his book, Care of the Soul, Thomas More writes, The nature of art is to reveal itself endlessly. You see, art changes and art offers the potential for change. So too with the soul. Your soul can and will change. We began with two men headed out to sea. And now I'd like to share another image of water, this time by the poet Ella Wheeler Wilcox. One ship drives east and another drives west with the selfsame winds that blow. It's the set of the sails and not the gales that tells them where to go. Like the winds of the sea are the winds of fate. As we voyage along through life, it's not the set of the soul that decides its goal and not. It is the set of the soul that decides its goal and not the calm or strife. So friends, what is the picture of your soul this morning? As you're contemplating that, let me share again the words of our psalm text. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless God's holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all God's benefits. Who forgives your iniquity, who heals all your desires and diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good as long as you live so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. What a picture of the soul that is. For the soul at its best is who God is within us. It is the soul of God touching our soul. In the end, the picture of our soul will finally and fully be changed into the image of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The good news is that no matter what the picture of your soul is now, the Lord will transform it into a joyful peaceful, and beautiful picture. Oh, not without trials, not without pain, not without wrinkles, not without warts, but as a wondrous piece of art which only your soul can be. And if God will do that for you in the future, why not let God do it for you right now? 
Hear these incredible words of the theologian Karl Barth. You yearn to rise again. This also is legitimate and appropriate. But I have to ask you one other question. Did you ever reach the depths, not only the depth of any inward or outward misery, but the depth where you must acknowledge that you can no longer help yourself? That no one can help. That there is absolutely no help save God's mercy. And in this depth, he concludes, God's mercy has already reached out to you, has already found you, and you will experience that it will lift you to the highest heights. Through the sacred arts of life, let us embrace all the pictures of the soul so that our energy may be renewed like the eagles. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless God's holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all God's benefits. Thanks be to God. Amen.